questions that you might have, anything that you would like to uh, speak about at all, uh, please feel free to. The intention with the inquiry is that it serves as a contribution towards insight and understanding for one and all. The inquiry may take, the, as I say, the form of questions or something that you uh, wish to explore or exchange in any way whatsoever. Sometimes with an inquiry with the person it lasts for a couple of minutes and sometimes it lasts for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour, 40 minutes, whatever seems necessary. At any time the person who is speaking can say thank you to bring it to a close. Then there's about three minutes of shared silence together and after that I'll say anyone and then another person may wish to uh, speak so that we're alternating in this period of time from inquiry to silence, silence uh, into the inquiry. During the silent period, it may just be meditation, awareness of uh, breath, pain in the body or whatever, or just a reflection on what was uh, explored between the person and myself, and therefore using that uh, period. As quite often the voice of one person, in fact, is the voice of uh, many with the uh, inquiry time, there are four of the, uh, these times during the days of the retreat, today, tomorrow, and later on in the week, and they last for just over the hour-long period. In the last year or two, a couple of uh, um, small uh, changes or additions uh, with the inquiry period, and uh, one is that over the years, there were a number of uh, requests from uh, people with the, in terms of being able to uh, get a, for them to be taped so that they, whether, list, whether actually participating or listening, um, could get copies as a similar way to the actual uh, talks in the evenings. So, if it's uh, okay with you, it's in entirely your good hands. The uh, good tape recorder over there behind my left uh, shoulder will uh, press the record uh, button and if for all the very good reasons you don't want it recorded absolutely fine, just uh, say so and uh, the itch in her fingers won't get itchy uh, and we're in no hurry to fill up cassettes, we've got enough of them already so with regard to that, it's in your good hands and the second small change is that uh, in the, the good old days people could stay, stay on their nice soft safe cushion and that small privilege has been taken away because uh, out of great compassion it's for well, those who keep turning their neck and getting neck strained to see who's talking. So uh, Sarah has very uh, kindly uh, agreed to be evicted and you're very welcome to uh, keep her seat warm and come up here so then your people can see you and if you do wish to come up and have something you'd like to ask or to speak about you can as much as possible for your voice to carry to uh, the further reaches of the hall. But with the good microphone system here at uh, IMS, that should be relatively uh, easy, easy. This is the general form with regard to the inquiry time and for those who are listening, for there to be the fullness of listening. And in that fullness of listening, you may be listening, hopefully with some interest and uh, empathy and connection but it may be uh, listening to, with uh, incredible uh, agitation 
and blaming the speakers for your being agitated or maybe listening and regard it as the most boring experience of your entire life. So please be tuned to the outer listening but also and equally to what's going on inside of you as you listen because human beings are not very good at listening to each other and like ships passing in the night and crashing in the night how much anguish and pain in this world through inability to listen. So this is the inquiry time and Sada uh, is going to take a mindful walk. <laughs> And she's going to fix the microphone. Yeah, all right, very good. And um, as I say, with the taping, uh, leave it in your, your good hands. Of course, we'll send it to your mother, and uh, etc. Actually, later in the year, Guy House, the intention is to start uh, videoing them. And then we'll send them to your therapist, your lawyer, your rabbi, your priest. <laughs> all right, so anyone who has anything at all, which you would like to ask about, and it's uh, strictly on alternate genders. Yes, please come. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> this is more of a uh, uh, something to say, and also maybe uh, some need for some help in a yes. difficult area Please. of life. <clears throat> um, it concerns the first precept: doing no harm. Mm. And, <clears throat> and I'm not sure where cultural conditioning comes in and mm -hmm. where true natural self comes out to be in harmony with that precept. Mm. My, just some background, I grew up on a farm, mm -hmm. we raised animals, we used them as food, mm -hmm. we learned to be hunters, so I still hunt and I still um, <clears throat> grow my own vegetables, which means keeping the bugs off the plants. Yeah. So I'm having difficulty with uh, the first precept and how, how to, um, how to come, come into uh, peacefulness with it. Yeah. Um, so, right, well, I'm glad to hear there's some discomfort. Um, what do you hunt? Deer, mostly. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, after shooting the deer, what, what happens to the deer? Dress it and go it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, how long have you been uh, engaged in the hunting? Uh, since I was a child, oh, so actually, yeah. we, lear we learned to hunt. Yeah. I, I wasn't successful until maybe a decade ago, and um, I took it up again after being in college and being away. Um, <clears throat> and that was before I came to IMS. And so coming to IMS, the question came up. So yeah. I've been dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I haven't been successful in the last three years for some reason, and I've stopped fishing, which I used to do also. Yeah. So uh, I I um, try not to do any harm in terms of harming unnecessarily. When I was a child, we 
we just, um, I mean, it was ruthless, sort of, that was sport, you know, mm. which is terrible. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> so at least I'm not in that area, but I'm not sure how to come to grips with, with what's right in this area. I look, and I'm trying to get my um, guidance from nature. I look in nature, and the whole system is set up on predation. One critter is feeding on another. Just out here walking, I saw a chipping sparrow, and it was frozen in a certain position like this. Mm -hmm. And I could come very close. It was very odd, but when I looked up, there was a goshawk waiting to get it, so it was mm -hmm. trying to survive. So we've evolved, I think, through predation, and everything else does. So is it wrong? Is it wrong to do that? And what about all the uh, vegetarian animals? vegetarian animals, mm. the ones who eat just grasses and yeah, and so on. Like the deer, like the cows, mm -hmm. like the squirrels. Mm -hmm. Are they predators? They're not predators. No. So, <clears throat> in the past few years coming to um, um, IMS there, um, how has it affected? Has it affected at all your finger on the trigger? It has. Are you stopped or just uncomfortable while engaged? Um, it's not stopped. It's no. stopped in the last few years. Um, but it is it is a momentous thing to take a life. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's the first precept. The one. It is a momentous, momentous thing. It's, it's not easy when one's got like uh, a long lifetime of uh, uh, conditioning. And even though one might make a shift from killing for pleasure, love sports, to uh, killing killing for meat, there is a certain change in attitude and maybe some change in, in, uh, in, in feeling um, um, at the actual time, but um, it's not a question of survival, of course, is it at all? Are you uh, question, yes, uh, no, it, uh, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> come on. No, well, it isn't. one of the things I do is grow a lot of my food. For yeah, that's eating. nice. That's I the different part. A third of my food, and yeah, one of the crops is potatoes, and they're just yeah. oodles of potato beetles. There would be yeah. no crop unless I picked them. No. So what do I do there? I I, I agreed. It is not um, an easy uh, situation, and to a degree, to a degree, uh, life lives on life. That's true. And therefore, at times in terms of uh, sentient life and biodiversity life, people have to take, have to take steps and it, it isn't easy and uh, you know, feel, feel for you in taking the steps with regard to uh, potato beetles and uh, all the other things life, living on, living on life. And such diet, you know, for um, vegetables and things are an essential feature of, of human life, but meat isn't. Meat, 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 meat don't need meat. 
But some cultures do. And you, you don't need meat. No, I don't. No, you're but right. But some do. Yeah, I think it's quite a different, if I may say, uh, area where it, it is a genuine matter of survival. And therefore, in some uh, cultures, in the high Himalayas, uh, in uh, Eskimos, in the far regions, um, fishermen in rural uh, uh, situations, uh, uh, I agree. And I think in those situ situations, or American Indians of the old culture, etc., etc. <coughs> but that doesn't apply to us. We don't have to go out and shoot these poor animals. Because if we don't actually, bottom line is, we don't need to. It's not a necessity. We don't even have to eat, eat, eat meat. In fact, we're probably better off without it, given what's been done to us. So, would it be... In, in terms of coming up just, just, just now, and I think I've fairly made clear, you asked my opinion, I give it to you. Um, uh, would it make any difference, though? Yeah, 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 that the protection of all sentient beings to the, as much as possible, therefore it can never be perfect as much as possible, is part of Dharma practice. You know, uh, we, we, we are here in teachings, we, we say, May, may all beings live in peace. And we mean it, mm -hmm. as to, to, to the max. And we need to be interested in supporting uh, biodiversity and not consuming it. So some of you, with the guns, may have to uh, make a decision. So would you be willing to bury the rifle Actually, rather than pass <coughs> it on? Actually, I don't have a rifle. You I don't? Borrow, I borrow it. Oh, you borrow it? Good. <laughs> All right. Good for you. That's um, good. And yes, I think so. I think it's coming to that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, that, that's a step, and I think I've been coming All right. to there. All right. I, the, I, and it must come from, from it, you. Yes, I can that's, lean that's on you. I'm right. happy to, but I think it's got to come from you. <laughs> no, I understand it has to come from here. Yeah, I have yeah. to be at peace myself. And, yeah to work it out some way, and the cultural conditioning is very strong. Yeah, it is, I agree. Um, <clears throat> so this more, is more so, of course, in the, in the U.S. than anywhere because of the culture. So, and I understand there's a line. Um, um, I read recently something um, by Satish Kumar, yes, the editor yes, of Resurgence. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> he was talking when he was a Jain monk, how he would sweep in front and wear something over yeah. his mouth, mm -hmm. except when he ate, so that he wouldn't yeah. harm any, any yeah. being. So that's one end of the spectrum. Yeah, so the question is, how do you come to the, to the line? You know, just by living, we are harming, actually, human beings. I mean, not human yeah. beings, but mm -hmm. beings of some sort in some way. And you can be very careful. One should be mindful, of course. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> outright killing of animals, I think, that's something that if you don't need it, certainly can go. Yeah. And I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And uh, I just need clarity on it somehow. And yeah. I'm just seeing if there is room for, for any, you know, how much room does one have in, in living? There are six billion of us now. And mm. so we have to, you know, go to some other, mm. some other way of being. Um, it, it, it isn't an easy area. In... Uh, attending to these, uh, always the danger with the, I would say, with the mind is, it easily leaps to the generality. I'm not saying you are, but it easily leaps the generality to avoid the specific. So, 
we can put in all the sorts of reasons, well, this is happening and that is happening, and etc., etc. And all of that can water down the concentrated attention that's needed to the particular. The, the particular is one picks up the rifle and shoots a deer. That's the, the particular. And to lay down the rifle, to say to your friend, I, I have no more uh, use for this rifle for the rest of my uh, life, I think expresses uh, something of uh, heartfulness and of giving support to, because one is in a particular environment where it isn't necessary uh, to actually engage in. There are circumstances, I listed uh, two or three of a number, and I think it would require for that, in terms of survival, a reconsideration there. But then when, it, when, it, it, when it doesn't uh, apply, then complete commitment to uh, non-harming, complete commitment to giving uh, support to, and even in, in these uh, creatures, etc., uh, etc., et maximizing uh, ways to um, attend to those situations, if one can do it um, as an organic farmer and therefore not use chemical fertilizers, uh, etc., I think that also puts out another kind of positive message uh, as, as well. And I think the farming uh, community really has to, everywhere, Reevaluate what it what it's doing because it's not only got the threat threat from people like Monsanto and these other uh, organ uh, corporate world, but now it's got a new threat through GM food, etc., etc. So if you, a small person, just trying to grow your vegetables, respect for life, put that out. Just in small ways, it tends to send out a very small ripple uh, further afield. People like you who love the Dharma in practice. Don't do it. What the hell? Do hope is anybody else going to do it? It's in that kind of uh, spirit to say, enough. That, 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 that's finished. I hope you uh, keep it. Anything else to add? Just one thing that would help. Um, if you look on the roads these days, there's a lot of carnage. Yes. Critters getting Absolutely. killed. Yeah. So slow down, especially at night. There used to be a 55 mile an hour speed limit at night just for safety, but now yeah. people go 80. Yes, right. And if you're in Vermont, uh, really slow down, because if you hit a moose, you'll be killed rather yes. than the animal. Yes. So I would just urge people Very to go slow. Absolutely. Yeah. And in some situations, I doubt with the, the, the moose sheer because of size, one has to remember a fair bit of that carnage of the road to small creatures is intentional. There are people out on the roads who intentionally run over animals. And there are those, as you point out, who are just uh, driving uh, uh, too fast uh, in, in, in pretty well in all areas, both uh, rural and, uh, and in uh, urban areas because of dogs and cats on the streets, etc., uh, are, are vulnerable. And I think that's a really important point. Whether it's intentional one form or unintentional through lack of uh, awareness and mindfulness, it still results in the carnage. And there's also something else. If you have pets and your pets go outside, uh, they do what pets do. Being cat means killing birds. Yes. If you support mm. animals and leave yes. them out, uh, there's carnage from that. Yes. And you're upsetting the balance. So yeah. there, there are so many things to attend to. I agree. You and just have to, I mean, there's... There's lots and to if, be aware if, if, of. And that's where I say the, the, the awareness with the first area of uh, non-killing and giving support to uh, life because so many uh, 
species that are under threat through those ways that you just referred to. So each one of us can make, give some care and attention into these particular areas. And I, I do think it's, I agree, I think it's very, very important. No? Good. Thank you. Agenda. Any tapes? Any are you untaped? Um, untaped, please. Okay. Yeah. Untaped. Untaped. It's a question about. I think it's a question about right livelihood. I think it's, it's for mm. you to decide what it's about. I work for a company that leads workshops in, in the corporate world and also for nonprofits. And over the last few years, I've been making noise at the company about that we should do a better job and try to attract um, clients who are um, are are more like us in the sense of uh, uh, not not sort of the the more evil uh, companies out there 
Yes. And um, this isn't such a popular theme at the company uh, that I work for. There are some people who agree with me, but the folks who run the company, they're very good people, but they, they've basically decided that it's more important, given the kind of work we do, to, to work with anyone. And their argument for working with these companies that aren't such great companies ethically is uh, that it's kind of like working in the belly of the beast. You know, you get to work with and transform those companies mm -hmm. that uh, aren't doing good things in the world. So, for me, this is a tricky situation, and this year I've been speaking about and making moves toward actually personally stepping out of those clients. But um, I find that it's still an ambiguous situation for me. Recently, for example, I was at a client who was one of these companies. Mm -hmm. I won't mention the name of the company, but uh, it's one of these large companies that has been in the news a lot for polluting major rivers and has a, a big business uh, in uh, the nuclear world. Come on, real curious. Come on, name the devil. Come on. All right, General Electric. Oh yes, right. Okay, we know General. Electric. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. So, um, so I was I was there actually at their uh, at their training center just. Uh, a few weeks ago. And I can think of so many reasons why as a company I would not choose to invest in them, why as a company I would choose not to work with them and wouldn't want them on my list of clients. But the interesting thing is when working there, uh, especially in the last year or so, uh, I find that the people are not horrible people and in no. fact I can do some positive things with them. Yeah. And in some ways, and I think having a positive effect on mm. their lives, their mm. ability to communicate openly with each other, uh, being more human with each other. So it's a very tricky question for me. It's um, a very uh, uh, important uh, area, and just very, very quickly, in a general way, it would appear that uh, the combination of um, inner concerns um, with uh, life of employers, employees, outer circumstances of uh, public information expressing more and more concern, especially about uh, relationship of companies to uh, environment, to people, to developing nations, is bringing more questioning going on. When you go there, say General Electric, whoever it is, to give your workshops, key thing here, what's the primary intention? What, 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 what essentially are they inviting you there to do? What do they want from you? This is where it gets even trickier because uh, what they're inviting us there to do is to teach their folks to be better communicators and specifically to teach them to be um, better, for the most part, to be better at presenting hmm. to groups. Um, the way we work and what we actually do with them uh, goes into different areas. Mm -hmm. So it's a little sneaky what we're doing because we're kind of going in under one heading and yeah. the actual work that we're doing touches on a lot more than that. Oh, it's like here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come here for meditation and then they, 
And then people find themselves questioning their whole life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's a perfectly good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the difficulty is, and this is, um, I think it's useful to go into the, the belly of the beast. That's my general the, the, uh, uh, viewpoint. Um, it isn't easy. I don't think of beast, by the way. But anyway, it, it, uh, it isn't easy to, to do. And I think one has to be extremely well informed uh, beforehand so that things which are difficult, which need attending to, somehow do get brought out into the open. It's danger with uh, any position uh, in, uh, in any way um, is to sound moralizing. And that gets people's... Uh, backs up. It's a little bit easier here because one knows people have a love of the Dharma and they're here for questioning and everything can be questioned so I can get away with things. But in situations, at least sometimes, <laughs> in situations like you're, you're in, it's a different ballpark. Oh yes, uh, in fact I, I can't moralize about what the no. clients I'm no. working with are doing in the world no, at no. all. No, exactly. No. exactly. But they are interested in communication. And therefore, the moralize would be to be judgmental, that would put the backs up, that would make them defensive, or criticize you, etc., etc. Et but there is such a thing, in Buddhist tradition it's called upaya, U-P-A-Y-A. It means skillful means. What? To find, to be well informed beforehand, one's got a lot of information, which is always on the net, in the news groups, not on their websites. I've, I've been researching it. Good, yeah. excellent. Yeah. One needs all that information. And, and secondly, people who are employed or are employers who are reading in the newspapers public criticism or from uh, NGOs, from public service organizations, from environmental organizations, etc., do feel uncomfortable about it. That does affect their, their lives. They can't avoid it. And often, of course, feel quite misunderstood, etc., etc. That has to be brought out. It's not a question of the moralizing. It's a question of good people uh, like yourself saying that there's issues going on here which need attending to. The, the public concerns are not off the wall. They have a valid voice. They do need to be expressed. And people like yourself can be an extraordinary fine bridge and catalyst to bringing them out there. Somewhere, people who are, can develop a trust and confidence in good communication skills need to, to bring that out, uh, out as well. Without, with interest and love and affection, not with any moralizing tone. Yeah, here, here's where it's very tricky for me, and we're getting down to the subtlest level of okay. distinctions, because given what we're doing, I say that we do a lot more than just teach better presentation skills. We're actually Good. getting people to uh, uh, learn about each other on a deep level, personally, mm. yes. um, uh, explore all the aspects of communication. However, it's rare that there comes an opportunity in, say, a two-day workshop that uh, I get to ask the question that you were bringing up, mm. which is, 
shouldn't we think about these things? Yes. Or what do you think about the criticism that of your company? Yeah. Or, that doesn't happen so often. So I'm still left with the question of the things that I'm doing, are they really instruments for change or are they just making people feel better? Are they instruments for personal change but not corporate change? So it's, yeah. it's a it's, fuzzy it's, line. It's only fuzzy if you hesitate. So why not just throw in the hot potato? What do you feel about this public criticism? And, and just throw it. No, uh, I'll, I'll tell you why not. Because if they were my workshops and it was my company, yeah. I probably would. But they're not. I work for another firm. And uh, if it got back to them that I was asking these hot potato questions in a workshop, where the workshop isn't really about that at all, um, they'd be very upset because that's out of line. That's out of the realm of what the workshop really? is about. All right. How about phrasing it a little bit more subtly? There has to be a way, and I can't believe, where they're interested in communication, presentation, or um, doing it well and skillfully. That with all your uh, knowledge and uh, skills, that you can't think of a way, in the most indirect way, that they interpret it as there is some concern. Even if you just do it in the language of presentation, and you just ask, what happens when... <laughs> How do you handle it when somebody says to you, you're polluting rivers? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a way in. Ah. Uh, with, with the groups I worked with, yeah. if I threw something like that out, say at GE, mm -hmm. uh, they would take that the way that you were talking about a little bit earlier, which is they would, they would probably take offense. It's really got to come out of their mouths, not from me. No, no, yeah, I... You're Come on. You're, you're, you're the man that's the good communication skills, and that comes across there. And, but there's a hesitancy in this area. It, to take the risk, even in the most uh, gentle and refined form, could put your job on the line. I agree. Got, to get, got back to them and say, we don't need this guy, he's gone outside the remit. But if you don't, this dilemma will linger on uh, with you for... Uh, quite some time, and you've got a golden opportunity here. Right there, eh? But, uh, in, in the, in, there has to be. People like GA, you, and these other uh, people, there's so much flack going on towards them that it has to be hurting, they have to be feeling it. They must feel that something is amiss some, somewhere. But it, it's going to need a gently, gently approach to that which touches on that. It may just come inadvertently from someone. And they just kind of give a little whisper of their concern during the two-day communication work. Ah, this is the chance. Yeah, it, 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 it does happen, but, yeah. but rarely. There was a workshop a couple of years ago where we were uh, working on storytelling and I had the group list the themes of the stories they had just told. Yes. And uh, one of the themes that came up was um, the beauty of nature. Ooh. And what I always do with this list of themes nice. is I ask them, uh, so how does this apply to your company? Because we're trying to, <laughs> we're, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, make a link between you know storytelling and yes. what they're actually Good. Uh, communicating at their company. So this was a, this was a great example. I actually said so. Uh, 
So the beauty of nature, does this relate to GE in some way? And uh, someone actually said, someone thought about saying, oh, yeah, it does. It's very important for us. So Very good. Yeah, the, the, so the, the, the small. Funny. Yes. But it, it uh, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, though, it's, it's tricky because that, that happening in that way is rare. Mm. Uh, it's not necessarily part of the work that we're teaching. So I'm, I'm left with this uncomfortable feeling that it's not quite the work that I'd want to be doing there once no. I'm in the doors. Yes, yes, I, 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 I agree. And uh, it looks like your heart is, heart is bigger than what your company wants you to actually do. Well, well, for example, if I was being asked to come into these companies and, and do workshops in ethics and values, yes. no problem. No. I, w- I would do that with any group anywhere. You know, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. Um, leadership, is, is, uh, which we do workshops in, that's a, that's a tricky one. Yes. Uh, presentation skills, to me, feels like it's not really going to make a dent in these things. No, no, no. But the, the, nothing may come out of uh, the workshop which is tangible uh, for you, but it could be the chance to drop seeds in some way or other. And I think that's genuinely worthy of um, some reflection uh, here. And it will take risk. The risk is backlash to you from the company, uh, etc. Or the uh, uh, backlash from whatever the, organ- the company is that you actually go to. Uh, there. But if you're willing to take that, and if something did happen which was uh, an activity of um, straightforward communication around issues, like environmental issues, before they get to your company, you better get to them first and put your side of the case. Mm. Understand? Mm-hmm. So rather than wait for them to give a negative report back to your company, you, be- you better go back and say, hey, in this communication, we explored this. Mm. And, and it felt important to the group that that was explored mm. so that they hear it from you quickly. quickly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so worried about covering my butt. They're All not right. going to fire me so quickly. Oh, good. So, so just, I just would like Thank to you. get this clearly, though. So you're, 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 what I'm hearing from you is there would be no company that you wouldn't work in right. uh, as long as you were uh, knowledgeable about what they're doing before you go in yep. and as long as you're looking for opportunities while they're to create change. Yeah, exactly. That, that would, if you ask me, that, that would be uh, um, my view. Thank you. Thank you.
Um, I just before I came here, I saw the uh, course schedule for Spirit Rock mm. for the coming year, mm. and I saw that you are going to be teaching a one-day workshop mm. in August, I believe, on God and the Dharma. Yeah, yeah it's called "Is God a Pain in the Neck?" Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I can't attend that workshop, but no. I wondered if you'd be willing to give us a five or ten minute <laughs> synopsis. Call this future thinking, do we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've no idea, to be honest. Because um, uh, when, when I re read it, it was as much a surprise to me, because I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember writing it. <laughs> so what happens is Spirit Rock does need to organize... Uh, it's events you know, well in advance, obviously, for newsletter, news programs, etc. So Marianne is the jewel of uh, Spirit Rock staff there. She uh, sent me an email, da -da -da, and then I type in a few things, email her, her back with uh, the one-day workshop themes, and that was one that I sent her. So then, this was one. And, a little bit of the motivation, I can tell you, just a, a little bit. In the Buddhist world, as uh, you know, there is very little reference to uh, the language of God. Very, very little reference to it. In, in Burma, there's not even a word for God. And yet many of us, of course, have been influenced, directly or indirectly, by the Judeo-Christian tradition. And therefore, God is a very uh, central theme in that and forming a relationship uh, with God. And particularly, um, in contrast, um, I heard that um, today in the U.S. still, um, surprisingly, some 40% of people do go to the church or the synagogue in this country. Yeah. Whereas um, in Britain, um, in the Anglican church, down to one percent, and which is the main mm. church of Britain, and the average age of church attendance is 67. So, in other words, as the Archbishop of Canterbury said, within a generation, churches will just be architectural monuments and have no other purpose. So, one is seeing in European culture massive decline in any interest in the church. Phenomenal. So, but here it's still very, very, very strong benefits to that and limitations as well. So what I wanted to do essentially in the workshop is keep it purely on experience, obviously, and look at people's relationship to, to God. And so for some people with regard uh, to that, some people may have a strong sense of G-O-D in, in their life, and it can be helpful and useful just to completely drop the concept. Where does it leave one? Other people may have a knee-jerk reaction to G.O.D., either because of their past history or being pushed into it too much, or past history, no connection and just can't relate to the word uh, whatsoever. And it might be useful for such people to actually bring the concept of G.O.D., God, and uh, meditate, reflect, see what the heart responds. So, theme of the day of the workshop would be uh, along, along those lines. Mm.
and somewhere as well. Just very briefly, what the Buddha did in terms of skillful means here is is he took the emphasis off the external God with many names, which is what the Hindu tradition used, and said that doesn't matter at all, but what is divine is to be found in the heart. So it's the belief in God is not the important thing. Is there love? Is there compassion? Is there appreciative joy? And is there an equanimity in the face of pleasure and pain? That is divine. So, shift from belief in, in subscription to, through the book, through the saviour, through the guru, through the belief system, uh, etc. And put in a real and unambiguous emphasis on realising and finding the divine through what's coming out of the heart. So, enough said? Yes. So, say a little bit in terms of uh, yourself and God, what you wish. Well, the question came from I had that knee-jerk reaction of, don't mention G-O-D to me, <laughs> <laughs> for five decades is all, but... Five um, decades, yes. <laughs> not bad. Uh, <laughs> but the past year and a half, as I go deeper and deeper into the Dharma and into the practice, the heart keeps coming up with the word G-O-D. Does it? Yes. So when I saw this, I thought, well, maybe there is some connection to the Dharma. Maybe there is. Yes, yes. Um, the Buddha has used the word in, I can say this, in 11,000 discourses, talks, some of them just short ones, and some of them long, and some middle. 11,000 discourses, he uses the word God once, just once in the conventional sense. He said, once in one place, he said, um, I found God. Any time, then he said it once. So he's obviously not wildly keen on the word. What was the context? He was asked. <laughs> he just said, <laughs> said, I found God. And so he much preferred the language of uh, a more impersonal kind of language of um, reality, the immeasurable, truth, the true nature of things, enlightenment, liberation, emptiness, uh, suchness, seeing things as they are, all of that language, uh, we prefer to uh, the unmade, the unborn, the unconditioned, the uncompounded. All of those languages, are, I think there are 34 different words he, he, he used, so we only get fixed in one of them. Um, and, but I say once, we said that, I have found So, uh, if in the heart, despite uh, your five decades of uh, low, no, little low interest in, um, heartfulness is, uh, and it does for others as well, bring out this, what is God? Or what is my relationship to God? What, what is this what's the response when I hear this word inside myself or from others? Then that itself is worth attending to and can be very, very helpful. And, uh, hang in with it, stay, stay with it and, and see what uh, comes Thank you. Thank you. So we'll just have a quiet minute together just to finish the inquiry time.
one-to-ones with us at this time, and remembering that the periods of the one-to-ones, whether 10 minutes or 15 minutes, to just be mindful of others who are and for others, it's a walking meditation Thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.